A warm welcome to each and every single one of you who's tuned in to yet another episode of Disky Vibes. My name is Liolo, I am your host for today, and I'm joined by uh, a special guest. Always lovely to have him on the show. Javas, how are you doing, bro? I'm good, my brother. How are you? Uh, all is well, all is well. So, without wasting any time, let's get straight into it. The FIFA Club World Cup 2020 in Qatar was contested this past week. So... Just roughly speaking, when was the first time you watched the FIFA Club World Cup and what are your fondest memories of the Club World Cup? Um, it was 2009, yeah, actually. It yeah. was Barcelona. Yeah. The, when they just signed Zlatan, yeah, he was yeah. in the team. They had just won the sixth. Yeah. Uh, it was their sixth trophy that they won. So I was pretty shocked at the time. Like, what is this FIFA Club World Cup? You yeah. Know? So, yeah, uh, that was the first time, actually. Yeah. So, and which were some of the players that um, that caught your eye in that two thousand and nine World Cup? Of course, Lionel Messi. Yeah. Uh, uh, Lionel Messi was still in, it's, it's, he was playing in the Xavi and Iniesta, yeah. Valdez and Alves. Yeah. That whole team. That of whole Alves. team. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So, I mean, they dominated the teams. Like it was just the easy. It was too yeah. easy for them. It was just like yeah. a training match for them. Yeah. Yeah. My fondest memory is um, Japan 2011, when um, when when Barcelona played against Santos in the final, and um, that was that was when Neymar was was mm. rising to prominence. And um, so I had always known of Neymar and and uh, his exploits at Santos. However. When when you hear of a, a quality young player who's doing really well in another country, you always want to see how would they do if they came up against yeah. stronger opposition. So I think the Club World Cup was a great test for him. And yeah, he really shone. So that was the first time I actually was interested in the Club World Cup. Previous years, yeah, I, I did know of it. But mm. I didn't really bother. Mm. You know, because when you look at the Club World Cup and the way it's structured... It was always like there was just Barcelona and then all these <laughs> random teams that you that you don't even yeah. know, you know. But then when they said, okay, Santos will be their Neymar, okay, yeah. no, I definitely have to watch and see mm. what is going to happen, you know. So that's my fondest memory with the blonde mohawk, you know. And um, yeah, it was it was it was it was quite interesting for me, and um, it's crazy to see how the Club World Cup has developed over um, what the past eleven, twelve years. Mm. So, which which has been your favorite team to contest in the Club World Cup? Which 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 has been your favorite winners out of all the winners that we've had at the Club World Cup in in the past couple of years? Which would you say is your favorite? Uh, for me, I'd, personally, I'd have to say Los Blancos, yeah, uh, Real Madrid. I mean, because they've uh, done it uh, on a consecutive three, yeah. three times in a row. So you know, it's interesting, you know, and yeah, I mean, they play quality football. I mean. The fans uh, always want to watch Real Madrid, superstars, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, they portray good football. And for me, they've been my favorite team personally as a supporter as well. Yeah. Yeah, so de- yeah, definitely Real Madrid have have created history in that regard by winning it three times in a row. However, I'll go for the unpopular opinion. My, my favorite team to ever win the Club World Cup mm. is Corinthians, team from Brazil. I say this because... Generally, like I'd mentioned earlier on, the way the club World Cup is structured, you know, it's always got, it's always got 
let's be honest, the strong UEFA Champions League team coming up against all these smaller teams. Yeah. So for Corinthians to win the Club World Cup that year, they did in 2012, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. when they beat Chelsea. For me, that was great because it showed that you know, that there's these teams in South America that can actually compete with some of the best European teams. So for me, that was my favorite. Also because a lot of people always feel like um, it's, 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 it's a given that the UEFA Champions League winner is going to win the Club World Cup, which I don't like that narrative. So when Corinthians broke that run and that spell, I was, yeah, I was very delighted when Corinthians had won. However, the popular, the popular choice definitely would be uh, Los Blancos three times in a row. I mean, as, as great as Barcelona were and they won their sixth title, but come on, man, if you win a trophy three times in a row... That's just pure dominance. Yeah, that's pure dominance because oh. it is harder to actually win the Champions League than it is to win the world, the Club World Cup. So for you to win the Champions League three times in a row oh. and then go win the Club World Cup three times in a row, that that is an absolutely yeah. great feat. So with that being said, moving on to the next segment, I just want to understand what is your take on uh, the UEFA Champions League winners automatically playing semi-finals and other clubs having to play um, a round or two before they get to the semi-finals. Do you think it's fair that the Club World Cup is structured in this way? And what would you do to make it more competitive? Um, for me personally, it's not fair. It's not fair. We understand that uh, UEFA is the... Um, the big uh, yeah. sort of like brand around world football. But uh, when it comes to fair play as FIFA like to you know <laughs> yeah. it's clearly uh, they're failing there you understand so yeah. everybody should start from the same level just like an ordinary tournament yeah. you know so it makes it a bit more competitive as well other yeah. teams from other countries as well get to uh, have a chance to play against the great uh, UEFA team, you understand, and yeah. take pictures and all that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, for me, it should be structured fairly, similar to the World Cup, sort of. Yeah. 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 I, I, I agree with you, you know, and I don't think it's fair because these, it's, it's, it's almost as if the Club World Cup is structured in a way that predicates for the success of the UEFA Champions League mm, winner. It favors I, them. It favors them because they come in, and they play against a team that just played two days ago, mm. you know, and you find they've had a bit of a rest because even the way that uh, the calendar, the UEFA calendar and the FIFA calendar mm. is synchronized within the, um, the leagues within Europe, it's mm. made in such a way that some of these teams have three, four, five days of rest before they go to the Club World Cup, actually. Mm. So it favors them. And going forward, I think if, if the onus were to fall into my hands... I would make it a lot more competitive. I would change completely the structure. Mm. I would make it 16 teams, s similar to how the World Cup is contested. However, I'd play it at the end of um, the season, of the FIFA, FIFA calendar season. So I'd have 16 teams. I'd have four teams from, from, from Africa, which is CAF Champions League, four teams from UEFA Champions League, so the semi-finalists, mm. um, Four from the Americas, including North, South, and Central America. And then four from Asia as well. That's how I would make it. There would be um, a draw. So there's round of 16, mm -hmm. quarterfinal, semifinal, then finals. It would be contested over a period of two weeks. And it would be contested at the end of, of, of um, when most leagues round up. And that's mm -hmm. usually, we're looking at around May. 
you know, that's when I'd contest for two weeks. Mm. And for me, I think that would make it more competitive. It would make it um, a lot more entertaining as well. Mm. Because, I mean, this is FIFA. Mm. It's, it's, it's arguably the biggest brand when mm. it comes to broadcasting and television rights. FIFA is the biggest brand. You think to yourself, how many people watch the World Cup? Billions of people, like, actually tune in to watch the World Cup, mm. FIFA World Cup. So then this is FIFA Club World Cup. Mm. It's just a step lower. Mm. Or it's a step, it's a step down. So I'll definitely make it more competitive. And from that, we, we would see, uh, I think, a better brand of football being played as well. Because if you... If you if you think about it, it's very easy for UEFA Champions League winners to go to the Club World Cup and to even play their um, fringe players. Mm. You know, so it's not as 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 competitive as I would like it to be. Mm. So personally, that's that's how that's how I would want it to actually be structured. But anyway, moving on right along, uh, the semi-finals which were contested in um, the 2020 FIFA Club World Cup. The first semi-final, we had Palmeiras versus Tigres Yuna. And uh, Tigres Yuna won 1-0. How do you feel about that result? Um, it was a very, quite a dull game, I mean, if I'm not wrong. Yeah. Uh, they scored by a penalty. Yeah. So, yeah, but it was great to see the likes of Felipe Melo, you know, still playing. Yeah. So, I think... Um, he led the side quite well. I almost made a mistake in the first half, but you know, it was a bit lucky there. Yeah, I understand. But I feel like they were favorites on paper to go to the final, of course. But obviously, the underdogs uh, took their chance and they kept the clean sheet, which is what matters in football. Yeah, what with regards to that result, I was actually very disappointed. You know, I thought mm. Palmeiras would would, 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 would would really win against Tigres, you know. Mm. And like you mentioned, you know, um, some of the players that they have in their side. However, the most important thing, like you say, if you're able to keep uh, a clean sheet, you're able to keep a solid def- uh, defense, it gives you a very good chance of actually winning the game. Uh, the second semi-final, which was contested between Al-Akhli and uh, Bayern Munich, saw Pito Musimane contest contesting in his first um, FIFA Club World Cup semi-final. What did you make of that game? Uh, I mean, it was a big achievement for Al-Akhli. It's not their first time in the semi-finals, but I mean, after so many years, I mean, it's a good achievement for the club and also for Pizzo Misimani. And also, I mean, they had no pressure. They're playing against the great Bayern Munich. Um, On paper, we all know Bayern Munich are the favourites. They were the favourites of the tournament. So, in fact, they didn't have any pressure but to just go out there and just have fun and showcase their football. So, for me, the result is not shocking. But, I mean, they did pretty well. It, I mean, just uh, sloppiness in the last minute. I think the game could have ended 1-0. Because if you look at the goals, or even 0-0, yeah. you understand? So, because if you look at the goals, I mean, they could have avoided those mistakes. So... Yeah. If they can just rectify those mistakes and just be a bit more tighter at the back, because now we are not playing against Zamalek or you know, <laughs> uh, you know Sundowns and yeah, or TB Mazembe. Not TB Mazembe. You playing against the great Bayern Munich. So going forward, I think they have a quality side. They've got a good technical uh, coach, uh, and also for the next season, I think we will see them at this global stage once again. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think so. And uh, it is quite the, the, the achievement for Al-Akhli. And if anything, it, it showcases how great of a, 
uh, tactician Pito Musimane is because it was a very, it wasn't an easy game for Bayern Munich to mm. win. It was very difficult for them to win, even though they managed to score two, but they struggled throughout the game to mm. actually stamp their authority and to score goals and to finish off chances because um, when it comes to how Pito Musimane sets up his teams, he's a very competitive coach, you know. Mm. When have you ever seen Pito Musumani get beaten 3 or 4-0? No. You hardly ever see that. Very competitive coach. And, um, and, and, and like you say, on another day, he could have ended 1-0. No. On another day, they could have gone to penalties. Mm. So I think Al-Akhli have done really, really well to manage to, to not lose by a big margin. Yes, nobody wants to lose. But I mean, you're coming up against Bayern Munich. Mm. Simply too strong for, for Al-Akhli. And um, with that being said, Al-Akhli then do bring home to Africa the bronze. What do you make of um, them finishing third? And how do you feel about their general progress? Because if you if you think about it, Al-Akhli have struggled to actually be this competitive in the recent years. Mm-hmm. You know, they were within Africa. They were not winning the CAF Champions League and they were not um, representing us on the global stage, which is the Club World Cup. How do you feel about their progress under Pito Misumane in his short tenure so far? I think it's good for the club. It's good for the confidence of the team, uh, from management to the owners as well, because they've invested so much money into the club. Yeah. So this is a good return on, uh, investment, on, the, on yeah. investment. So uh, I think for the car- past couple of years, they got comfortable. They got comfortable... And that's when we they went uh, well not a wall but you know <laughs> they were beaten by teams and they were not so the great Allah as we know them yeah. for so this for me uh, for them actually is a a great achievement going forward I think they've learned so much all the players got experience and who knows maybe some of them might get scouted and yeah. things like that so it's always a great opportunity playing at such a global stage. Yeah, it always it always is, and um, I think going forward, it's um, it's a great foundation. And if one had has followed Pito Musimane's um, career in, in in South Africa with Sundowns, what Pito Musimane does is that he's a very he's a he's a very building phase foundational coach, if I can say. So that's what he does with his tournaments. Mm. You know, even that's how he, he ended up winning the CAF Champions League with Sundowns. Mm. So he set out a, a, a three-year plan that in the first year, we're going to get to group to the group stages. In the second year, we're going to try to get to quarterfinals. In the third year, we're going for it. Mm. So with this being said, I, I feel like that's what he's going to use this as. That, okay, this year we managed to get to the semifinals. We came in third place. Next year, we have to get to the finals. Mm. And I think you will have enough time to actually build his Al-Akhli team the way he'd like to. We will have uh, a transfer window as well to bring in players who he might think might um, be able to contribute to the squad greatly. And players who players who will have... Uh, a lot more experience and be able to add on creatively as well because i just feel that when it when it when it comes to how they performed at the club world cup they they did well as a team however in certain areas you know when it comes to creativity i feel like they lacked there you know and um it 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 makes sense why he's been so interested in Gaston Serino mm. you know having a number 10 a playmaker who could actually contribute to more goals and assists would have been very helpful for Al Ahly at the club world cup however with that being said we move right on along to Bayern Munich winning their sixth 
trophy in one season. Uh, this is the second team to do that. Uh, like you had mentioned earlier on, Barcelona were the first. How do you feel about Bayern Munich's dominance under Hansi Flick and them winning their sixth trophy this season? I've never questioned them. They've always been a quality team. If I look at the past 10, 15 years, um, yeah. I don't know what took them so long to achieve this uh, great achievement because I felt like they could have also achieved it under the uh, when they had the likes of Iron Robin, Robin Ribery, yeah. that whole team, uh, both of quality players. So I don't know what took them so long, but it's a great achievement. I mean, they play quality football. And if I look around, uh, especially in the UEFA, like there are not so much, so many competitive competitive teams at the moment you understand mm. if you look at Real Madrid they're slacking in the league in the Champions League Barcelona are not on their best form uh, uh, which other teams that are the usual teams that are always gunning for the Champions League so this was a great opportunity for them and they took it with both hands I mean there was nobody that they necessarily competed with Juventus as well on the other hand was not on their yeah. best so for me they deserve it. They play as a team. That's what I like about them. You know, nobody's selfish. Nobody is a star. They don't rely on one person. Yeah. They just play. Uh, they, they, the ball moves around more than the actual players. Yeah. yeah. So they definitely deserve it. And they've got a great striker. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I really like how they've progressed. You know, because if you remember, um, Bayern Munich was struggling underneath their previous manager, Kovac. And Hansi Flick was the assistant coach, actually. Mm. And uh, he then came in. And um, I've just really been impressed how... You know, a lot of coaches tend to overcomplicate things. You know, but Hansi Flick has kept it very simple. He's allowed um, the best players to play in their best positions. That's another thing that I like. And uh, he plays the game in such a very simple, straightforward, offensive way. And that's what I like about Bayern Munich. They move the ball very quickly through the channels. And what I like about them, they can break down all kinds of teams. They're not only reliant on one medium of attack, like you had mentioned. They're not reliant on only one channel, but they're able to attack from all angles and all channels. And they know how to score all different types of goals. And I think for me, it, 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 it only bodes well for them going into the rest of the season and um, ah, man, we do know they'll end up winning um, the Bundesliga again unless they could be an upset. But I mean, you look at a team like uh, Dortmund, they are struggling for form and um, there's only Leipzig who are their competitors. But even then, you know, Bayern Munich are just too strong. Too strong. Right now, they're the best team in world football. And with them winning their sixth trophy in one season, I love to see that, you know. Mm. I love to see that because... A lot of a lot of people like to mention um, this thing of um, oh, oh the league is too is too easy, mm. you know. But in retrospect, that is the true definition of a big team. Mm. If you're a big team and you're a big club, you're supposed to be dominating, yeah. you know. When Barcelona won six and they were winning, they were winning La Liga year in year out. That that's the definition of a big team. They were dominating. You know, you have to dominate as a big team. There's no way people can turn around and tell us of um, Man United, for example, say they're a big team. Yes, they are a big team. However, at, at this present moment, they do not play like a big team. And 
they do not win they don't have any trophies to show for it in the past couple of years so could you really consider them the biggest team i don't think so the biggest team in its true sense and its true definition is a team that will dominate year in year out that will win six trophies in one season that is the true definition of a big team so i like to see that because because it it shows that you are a massive club that you're a big team you know and it justifies it as well it's not justified by um debate it's not justified by no we sell more shirts our commercial status the shares that we have on the JSC no i don't want i, I don't want that you know you must win trophies, trophies. and play good football that's it show us on on the football field and that's about it you know so personally personally i really love watching the dominance of bayern munich and i hope that they continue because what this does then it sends out a, a message to all the other sleeping giants mm. within europe that hey guys you know if bayern munich is dominating now it sends out a message to juve like you say mm. how long have we been waiting for juve to dominate for, for so many years psg is another team we've been waiting mm. you know Manchester United is another team that has to come back and start dominating again. They've mm. done it before but they have to do it again. Real Madrid is a team that is becoming comfortable and it's slowly slipping down the pecking order of dominant teams in Europe. They need to catch a wake. They need to ca- catch a wake up. Barcelona have to put their affairs in order so that they come back and compete. Mm. This is what we want. We want all the teams at their very best. Imagine if Bayern Munich, Barcelona, Juve, uh, Atletico Madrid, Real Madrid, PSG, uh, AC Milan, mm. you had seven, eight European powerhouses mm. who were all at their best and all competing. Mm. Imagine how great that that um that would make the UEFA Champions League and even the FIFA Club World mm. Cup entertaining. Entertaining. That's all we want. We want teams to be dominant. So personally I really like this and I'm really happy for Bayern Munich. Like you say it's been a long time coming, but I'd like to ask you between the two champions who've won six trophies in one season. Bayern or Barcelona, who did it better? Oh, I mean, for me, uh, I'm like I'm fortunate enough to witness both teams play yeah. at their highest quality. For me, it has to be Barcelona. Nobody can dispute. I mean, yeah. um, yes, both teams dominated uh, from a trophy cabinet point of view. But if we look at the way the style control play, yeah. the style of play the control that barcelona had yeah. at the club world cup you yes. know it's just total control i mean it was like they playing against cones you know, yeah. understand even the final you mentioned um the 2011 one i mean uh we did expect uh, neymar to do something but he you he was put in his own lane yeah. there by the great <laughs> dogs so for me that was very entertaining um I think that final they won about over four goals. Yeah, about four one. Four one, yeah, four so, one. So it was just, uh, it was great. And if you look at Bayern, they only won one nil, and it was, it wasn't easy for them. I don't yeah, know if it they were not, yeah, uh, fit or, yeah, but that's not an excuse. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's the club World Cup. We expect you to be at your greatest form. And yeah, the fans want to watch a quality brand of football, and that's what Barcelona gave us. And now. For me, unfortunately, uh, Bayern Munich didn't give us a, a good display of no. quality football. No, they didn't, eh? And with that being said, they they didn't. It's just it just boils down to the fact that they've got more experience. Mm. They they play at a higher level. Mm. That's the only thing that ensured that they won. But like you say, you look at the game against Al Ahly. It wasn't easy, you know. Against Tigres Union in the final, wasn't easy. Mm. 
it wasn't the best performances and they could have either lost either game I feel, you know. So, Barcelona definitely do take it for me in that regard. We now move on to the individual awards at the uh, FIFA Club World Cup. So, um, there's normally three trophies given out. There's the Golden Ball, the Silver Ball, and the Bronze Ball. These are given out to the three best players at the Club World Cup. And then there's a top goal scorer as well. The top goal scorer was Zizhnak from uh, Tigres Juno. And um, how do you feel? How do you feel about um, a, a player who doesn't play for Bayern Munich, mm. who goes on and actually wins the top goal scorer? I think this adds on to what you were saying earlier on, mm. to your point that Bayern Munich weren't weren't as as great. I mean, for a player from Tigres Union Zizhnek mm. to actually win the top goal scorer, I think it says a lot. Yeah, I mean, it says a lot. I mean, uh, a big guy. He's 35, uh, so it was my first time actually hearing about him and actually seeing him. But uh, he looks like a player with a lot of experience. Yeah. He still shows hunger at that age. So for me, it goes down to my point of, uh, you know, if the the Club World Cup was a bit fair, then maybe we'll have the likes of Lewandowski getting a chance to score more goals because you only have two games, <laughs> you understand? Yeah. And... Uh, the uh, the Tigers guys, Jinek, yeah. he had I mean three games yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So it gives you a better advantage game wise because you you're getting a more game time. So it's it's a bit more harder for the uh, the UEFA teams, but it's still not an excuse because of their <laughs> superpower. You understand? We expect more. Yeah. Uh, we we expect a, a wipeout. Yeah, totally, a total wipeout. A, a total wipeout. Like what Barcelona did. Like what Barcelona mm-hmm. did. So. For me, uh, I mean, it's a great achievement for the Mexican team. Um, but yeah, going forward, uh, if Bayern are to come back to the Club World Cup, because I, I personally see them coming back again. Yeah. Like you said, I don't see any competition Europe, you know, yeah. in Europe at the moment. They are dominating currently in the league right now. So I expect them there. So hopefully next year... We'd see them again and hopefully they'll entertain us a bit more yeah mm. definitely and then um uh Zizhnek also won the silver ball for second best player in the tournament which is actually a very great achievement for him it just shows how well he performed however the 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 player i want us to focus on who actually won the bronze balls is joshua Kimmich. How do you feel about his development and progress over the years and what the player that he's become very quality young player, um, got a great future, a lot of experience at the ages at right now. For me, uh, going forward, I don't see anything but success from international level. I expect a World Cup. Yeah. Uh, uh, club level, he's won it all. Yeah. I'll just expect him to repeat. And for me, I see a future captain of uh, Bayern Munich. I mean, he can, mm-hmm. he's very versatile. He can play in uh, not only one position, and he's very reliable. I mean, he's a great uh, passer of the ball, a great crosser. So yeah. that's what you like to see from such, you know, good pace. That's what you need in modern football. Great first touch. So the basics for me are at top level. Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely a quality player. You know, and when I look at Joshua Kimmich, it's just, you know, how the um, the world works and media works. However, in my own opinion, I think he's one of the best midfielders in mm. world football. 
you know. And if you actually go look at his 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 assists and goals tally, he's actually really really up there with some of the best midfielders in the world, you know. With regards to the numbers, he's just behind uh, Kevin De Bruyne and Bruno oh. at the moment, you know. With regards to how many assists he gives in a season, and this is a player who some games your players are right back. Mm. You know, this is a very versatile player. So I really I really agree with you when you say um future Bayern Munich captain. Not just for Bayern Munich, I see it for Germany as well. Mm. This is I feel like Joshua Kimmich is the man that's gonna lead Bayern Munich and Germany for the next for the next ten to fifteen years. I really think he's gonna lead them to to great to, to greatness, you know, I feel like he's gonna win a lot of trophies, mm. and I feel like this is one of those players who may just randomly shock us and win a Ballon d'Or because I feel like that's how great this this player is, you know. And a lot of people look at his age, but his performances, mm. you know, so experienced, he can score goals, he can defend, he can create goals. There's nothing he can't do. And for me, he's one of the most complete footballers in world football, if not the most complete player right now. I also think that he's underrated as mm. well. Mm. That's how good he is. So I really like watching Joshua Kimmich play anywhere you put him on the field. Mm. I think he's absolutely fantastic. And with that being said, the player of the tournament was uh, Lewandowski. What do you make of his run? I mean, Lewandowski has had... The past two years for Lewandowski have been absolutely amazing. Except for the fact that um, he was snubbed and when they didn't have the official Ballon d'Or awards. I mean, we all know he would have won that. But what do you make of his last two years in world football? Like all the individual awards he's winning, the trophies he's winning. Mm. What do you make of his performances? Oh, quality. That's all I can say. I mean, like Mula would say, Lewandowski. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, without a doubt, I don't see why the Ballon d'Or, there was no excuse uh, not to have the award ceremony this year. Not at all. There was enough football action. Yeah. <laughs> Even though there was a period where, but there was enough football and he deserves it. I mean, I've never underrated him or or anything, uh, something like that. So for me, this was his chance. It's yeah. good. It, I like to see different players winning it. Uh, you know, a, a change for once. You know, uh, we know Modric won it, but uh, that era of Messi and Ronaldo, I feel like we should put it behind us now and yeah. focus on. The, the quality players that we have right, right now, now that are right performing now. right now yeah you know yeah. because it sort of it became a, a stigma or we got too comfortable Messi and Ronaldo in uh, each season year after year so even the year when he was Messi was nominated with Van Dijk I felt like personally Van Dijk should have won it I and, also agree with you and also for for defenders to be recognized as football players as well. Yeah. Yes, we know attacking football is entertaining, but for a defender to win it means you have to work twice as hard. Yeah. And for me, he deserves it there. And also, Levin, uh, Lewandowski, I mean, personally for this tournament, if I had to assess his performance, I wouldn't give it to him personally. Yeah. Who would you have given it to? I would have given it, uh, given it to Genia Grada. Yeah. Yeah. I mm. would have given it for, for a team that uh, world football doesn't know. And for you to actually get them to the final, you understand. That's a big achievement. But of course, you know, if you win uh, a trophy, <laughs> yeah, yeah you, it's like automatically, you, you know, you win 
Yeah. Because this is this is my thing, right? And I and and I was going to get to that point that how is it that Zinyak wins top goal scorer? Mm. Right. And let's be honest, this was a very dull tournament. <laughs> <laughs> he was the highlight of this yeah. tournament, Zinyak. Why doesn't he then win player of the tournament? Mm. You know, and yeah, so I also personally I agree with you on that one. I definitely agree with you on that one. But with that being said, we've come to the very end of yet another episode of Disky Vibes. I thoroughly enjoyed this one with regards to the FIFA Club World Cup as um I've always wanted to discuss the FIFA Club World Cup as I've always felt that um I I I I've just never really liked how it's structured, you know, and I think FIFA have to do better when it comes to structuring the FIFA Club World Cup. It can be a much more exciting tournament. It can actually live up to some of the greatest tournaments we've ever witnessed. Oh. But I mean, I mean even even a couple of games in a weekend in the Premier League are much more exciting mm. than the Club World Cup if we have to be honest, you know, and it shouldn't happen that way. That's just my opinion. But with that being said, we've come to the very end of another episode. I'm your host Leolo and I was joined by Javas. Thank you very much for coming through, bro. Thanks, bro. Always a pleasure. Signing out.